good morning. I am so thankful for what the Apostle Paul calls the partnership in the gospel. And at Grace Fellowship, we are so thankful for Emmanuel Church. I'm kind of a young pastor. I'm 37 years old, but I've only been pastoring in a lead role for just a few years. And um, the work that you do to pray for and encourage other churches in our city, um, I just want to say thank you for that. Um, your pastor, Andy Atkinson, is become one of my dearest friends. There'll be times where I've struggled under the weight of ministry, and I'll walk in a place and see Andy there, and Andy will look at me and just shake his head, and he says, I love you, and he says, press on, brother. That has been a gift from God to my heart and soul, so it is a joy for me to be with you. I want to encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Um, Psalm 107 has become a really precious psalm in my life. It's very long, and I don't want you to get nervous because I'm not going to make a comment on every verse, okay? But, but what I do want to do is I'd like to read it carefully and slowly, um, and I want to offer you just a few thoughts from it. Um, it's always important to remember that the reading of the sermon text is not something you kind of have to do to rush through for the guy to just start talking to you, Okay? The reading of the sermon text is integral to the sermon itself, and perhaps that's especially true for this this sermon text. So I'm going to read it carefully and slowly, and I want you to listen. I want you to tune your ears especially for a refrain that you're going to hear repeated four times. Okay, Psalm 107, Um, here's what it says. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the power of the foe and has gathered them from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Some wandered in the desolate wilderness, finding no way to a city where they could live. They were hungry and thirsty. Their spirits failed within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He rescued them from their distress. He led them by the right path to go to a city where they could live. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. For he has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. Others sat in darkness and gloom, prisoners in cruel chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the counsel of the Most High. He broke their spirits with hard labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their chains apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. For he has broken down the bronze gates and cut through the iron bars. Fools suffered affliction because of their rebellious ways and their iniquities. They loathed all food and came near the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. 
He sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from the pit. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and announce his works with shouts of joy. Others went to sea in ships, conducting trade on the vast water. They saw the Lord's works, his wondrous works in the deep. He spoke and raised a stormy wind that stirred up the waves of the sea. Rising up to the sky, sinking down to the depths, their courage melting away in anguish. They reeled and staggered like a drunkard, and all their skill was useless. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. They rejoiced when the waves grew quiet. Then he guided them to the harbor they longed for. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turns rivers into deserts, springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into salty wasteland because of the wickedness of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into a pool, dry land into springs. He causes the hungry to settle there, and they establish a city where they can live. They sow fields and plant vineyards that yield, that yield a fruitful harvest. He blesses them, and they multiply greatly. He does not let their livestock decrease. When they are diminished and are humbled by cruel oppression and sorrow, he pours contempt on nobles and makes them wander in a trackless wasteland. But he lifts the needy out of their suffering, and he makes their families multiply like flocks. The upright see it and rejoice and all injustice shuts its mouth. Let whoever is wise pay attention to these things and consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, in this moment, we ask that you would do, Lord, the thing that only you can do. Lord, it's the thing that we must have you do this morning. Lord, we ask that your spirit would go before us and shine light on these words in your word. Would your, word, would your spirit shine light on dark places in our hearts? Lord, would your word give us great hope in you, Lord Jesus, we pray this morning. We pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So I have three children. One's seven, one is five, then we have a little girl, so it's boy, boy, and a little girl who's two and a half. And my five-year-old son is, is reckless, fearless, wild. He's the kind of kid that assumes rules are suggestions. Do you know this kind of child? Anybody here? Until recently. And my five-year-old son has become incredibly fearful, anxious, worried, paralyzed. As my wife and I have sought ways to serve and to love and to care for him, a wise friend with lots of experience in children's development gave us a piece of advice. She said, you need to start telling him stories of times when he has faced dangerous or scary things and yet has overcome them. 
Her exact words were, you need to name it in order to tame it. I tell you that because I think the psalmist in Psalm 107 is trying to name it in order to tame it. I think he envisions a congregation of potentially fearful people who might be worried about what lies ahead of them. And he wants them to remember in Psalm 107 at the beginning of the final collection of Psalms, he wants them to remember the historic track record of God's great faithful love to deliver his people again and again and again from their trouble so they can face what lies ahead. The psalmist is trying to name it in order that we might tame it. So this morning, I want to do something really simple. I want to walk through just some of the big movements of this psalm. If you notice, this psalm really has four particular images. It has the image of God's people wandering in a wilderness. It has the image of God's people in shackled and in prison. It has the image of God's people sick. And it has the image of God's people tossed about by the storms of life. And in each case, God's people cried out to him and the Lord delivered them. And the whole psalm is about encouraging God's people to remember that and to rejoice. So this morning, I want to encourage you to remember Rejoice. And if you don't know Jesus, or perhaps you're far from him in some way, I want to encourage you to cry out to him, just like you see in this psalm. So let's take a look. Look at the first image with me. You find it in verses 4 and 5. It's the image of wandering in a wilderness. Verse 4, some wandered in the desolate wilderness finding no way to a city where they could live. They were hungry and they were thirsty. Their spirits failed within them. Likely the psalmist has in mind the great Exodus event when God's people found themselves wandering in the wilderness after having been delivered. They quickly wanted to turn back to the things of Egypt and they found themselves lost. But I don't think it's just that. It's not just the Exodus event. See, God's people in all times and in all places often find themselves in wilderness lands. Either because of their own fault or by no fault of their own, they find themselves in place of great need. Do you know what the psalmist is referring to here? Have you lived long enough to come face to face with your absolute neediness? Have you lived long enough to come face to face with your inability to provide the things that you need? Have you ever come face to face with your inability to to gain your own security? Could you be here this morning and you find yourself thirsty, needy, desperate, hungry, I'd be willing to bet that there are people in this room this morning that knows exactly what the psalmist is talking about. I'm also willing to bet that there are people in this room this morning who have lived this experience and they've seen the Lord come through. 
When God's people find themselves in this wilderness, desperate place, look what they did in verse 6. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. If you're here this morning and you have been in that place and the Lord rescued you, would you remember and rejoice and celebrate this morning? If you are in that place this morning, I want to encourage you to do what the psalmist said that they did. They cried out. Would you cry out this morning? This is either your story or it can be. Would you cry out? Look at this second image. You'll find it in verses 10 through 12. Others sat in darkness and gloom, prisoners in cruel chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the counsel of the Most High. The psalmist says that there's other situations where God's people feel like they have found themselves in chains. The psalmist likely is thinking of the exile event of the Old Testament when because of God's people's rebellion against him, they're carted off as prisoners into exile. But it's not just that. God's people in all times and in all places will often find themselves either because of their own sin or the sin of another. They will find themselves shackled, almost as if they're in prison. I bet you there are people here this morning that know exactly what the psalmist is talking about. You can look back in your life and you can remember a time when it was like you were a prisoner. You were shackled. You were living in a kind of solitary, dark confinement. Maybe because of your own sin or because of the sin of another You know exactly what the psalmist is talking about. And you cried out to the Lord, and he delivered you from your distress. And this morning, I want to encourage you to rejoice and remember and celebrate the salvation of our God. There may be some people here this morning that you know this experience, this darkness, these chains. You know it so personally this morning. that's you, I want to encourage you to cry out to the Lord, because this is either your story or it can be. Look at this third image. It's this idea of of God's people becoming sick. You'll find it in verses 17 to 22. Fools suffered affliction because of their rebellious ways and their iniquities. They loathed all food and came near the gates of death. The image here is that God's people had found themselves sick because of sin. Have you ever come face to face with the depths of your own sinfulness? And it makes you physically ill. Have you ever seen the foolishness in ways that people have sinned against you? And it makes you want to throw up. 
I bet you there are people here this morning who know this feeling. And you cried out, and you've seen the Lord heal. And I want to encourage you this morning to rejoice and remember and celebrate the salvation of our God. There are people this morning that know this feeling right now. In fact, in hearing me say these words, you feel nauseous. I'm going to encourage you to cry out because this can be your psalm. This can be your song. Would you cry out to the Lord? Look at this fourth image. This one's particularly powerful to me. You'll find it in verses 23 to 32. Others went to sea in ships conducting trade on the vast water. They saw the Lord's works, his wondrous works in the deep. He spoke and raised a stormy wind that stirred up the waves of the sea. Rising up to the sky, sinking down to the depths, their courage melting away in anguish. They reeled and staggered like a drunkard, and all their skill was useless. The psalmist has this image of God's people who go out to trade. In other words, kind of go about their normal daily life, living and moving about in a broken and fallen world, and the storms of life begin to, to raise up so much so that their courage to face the storms of life is melting away. So much so but the, that the winds are tossing them about. And, and the picture here is that they're staggering in verse 27, almost like a drunk person. I know that there are people here this morning who know that staggering feeling. That the ways of life, the stress of living in a broken and fallen world have you feeling like you've been tossed about. They have you staggering, reeling. Your, your courage is melting away. You know exactly what the psalmist is talking about. And for some of you, you were in that place and you cried out to the Lord and he delivered you, didn't he? Does anybody know that he did that for you? And if so, I want to encourage you this morning to celebrate, to remember, to rejoice in the salvation of our God. There are some people here this morning, and I can see it in your face, and I recognize it in you because I know it in me. You feel like you're in that place right now. You're staggering, being tossed about. I want to encourage you to cry out to the Lord because this psalm can be your song. This can be your story. At every turn, when God's people cried out, listen to what God did. I'm going to say it again. Verse six, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He rescued them from their distress. Verse 7, he led them by the right path to go to a city where they could live. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love, his wondrous works for all humanity, for he has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. When God's people were in prison, listen to what God did. Verse 14, he brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their chains apart. When God's people were feeling sick because of their sin, look at what God did in verse 20. 
He sent his word and he healed them. He rescued them from the pit. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love. And when God's people felt themselves tossed about by the winds and the waves, listen to what God did. Verse 29, he stilled the storm to a whisper and the waves of the sea were hushed. Would you rejoice with me, Emmanuel, because of the goodness and the grace and the salvation of God? If you need to know it this morning, I want to encourage you to cry out to the Lord. Because this psalm can be your song. Now, as I've been saying these things, there might be something you're thinking. You might be thinking, Joel, I hear you. God's done great things for me. I get it. I'm at church. (laughs) Or you might be thinking, God can do great things for me, but I feel far from him. Or you might be thinking, Joel, I have cried out. I've been crying out. And I want to say three things to you, if that's you. Number one, I understand. Number two, I want to remind you, of Jesus. Listen to this. The scriptures teach us that Jesus Christ knows the ups and downs of the human experience. And the scriptures teach us that in Jesus, for your hunger, you can have the bread of life. The scriptures teach us that Jesus, for your thirst, you can have living water and you'll never be thirsty again. You and I try to satiate our hunger and we try to quench our thirst with all the wrong things. And what I'm here to tell you this morning is you don't have to do that. Because in Jesus, you have a bread of life and you have water, a a fount of living water that'll never run dry. You might be here today and you're you're crying out. And let me remind you about Jesus. The scriptures teach us that Jesus in his cross breaks the power of sin and darkness. And that he sets captives free. The scriptures teach us that Jesus Christ at this very moment, the Bible teaches us, is bringing all things under his feet. Which means that there's no power of hell or scheme of man that could ever pluck you from his hand. Whatever sin and darkness feels like a shackle upon you, what I want you to know this morning is that Jesus can set you free. You might be here this morning and you feel so sick. Maybe you're ashamed because of your sin. One of the reasons that Jesus dies a death on the cross that's so humiliating and shameful is so that he could bear and remove your shame. And the scriptures teach that he brings healing. You can be healed this morning. 
You and I are trying medicines and we're trying remedies that don't work. And what I'm here to tell you this morning is you don't have to do that. Because in Jesus, you can find healing. My two little boys, I've been talking to them a lot lately about this idea of good pictures and bad pictures. They're seven and five, and everywhere they turn, they get an image of either violence or some kind of something sexually provocative. And I've been talking to them about the dangers of these things that can make them sick. And my little boy, my five-year-old, said to me the other day, but Daddy, if sin makes you sick, can your heart get healed? And you know what a joy it was for me to look my five-year-old in the face and say, oh, buddy, of course, of course. Jesus Christ offers healing for you. You might be here this morning and you feel tossed about by every storm. Can I remind you that this same Jesus is the one who looked a storm in the face and said, shh. And it did. If you're here this morning and you say to me, but Joel, I am crying out. I'm crying out. I want you to remember Jesus. And I want to encourage you to keep crying. Keep crying. Keep crying out. 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 Because the scriptures teach us that God delivers us from our distress, either now or in the life that is to come. And the the, the psalm ends in verses 33 to 42 of giving us the language of a new heavens and a new earth when everything will be made right. And the Bible teaches us that you and I will actually see Jesus' face. Would you keep crying out? you keep crying out because he is a God who delivers and he saves. Let's pray. Lord, I cannot possibly know in the exact places that this hope of the gospel needs to be applied. But Lord, I pray that the hope that we have in you, Lord Jesus, that we see in this psalm would become a buoy that helps those who feel like they're drowning, become like a medicine that heals the sick. Lord, would it become like an iron that breaks chains? Lord, would it become, Lord, like true food and true drink for our hearts, our thirsty hearts and souls, we pray. We pray in Jesus' name.